Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> It's, it's reached that level of usage. And the fact that you left it, I knew that you left it at my house. You brought it over, left it at my house. And like a real jerk, I said nothing to you because I was like, well, that's mine, dude. That's it. You came to my house. You left it in my house. And I'm eating all of it. We've gotten so far into this Alpine Touch obsession, I think, that I just think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with Alpine Touch. It would be short. Everything. (laughs) They have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, They are local from the state of Montana. Shoto, shout out, original Alpine Touch. And it's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices, uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it. AlpineTouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce, some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to AlpineTouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. Now from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Welcome back. Hour number two. And we lead off with Brian Divish, Mariners beat writer for the Seattle Times. It is to tell you want us. 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Hi, how are you? Great to be with you across the state. Thanks for being with us on a Friday. Hey, welcome to your weekend. We're after 5 o'clock. 
Memorial Day weekend, a three-day weekend. Hope you got great plans. Be safe. Take care of each other. Do the right things. Be responsible. And have some fun. How about all that? If you missed anything in the first hour, you can check it out on the podcast. The Two Tell and Nuanas podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. You can search it, rate, review, subscribe. We appreciate all of that. The Two Tell and Nuanas podcast available all the time at your leisure. Thanks to Blackfoot and our friends at Alpine Touch. You can also listen live wherever you are, whenever you are, 1029ESPN.com. The stream is available all the time thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. We go now to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line, and we welcome in. Yeah, he writes for the Seattle Mariners, covers the Seattle Mariners for the Seattle Times, and is a native Montanan, I might add. Ryan Divish joins us on the show. Ryan, thanks so much for being with us. How are you? Oh, hey guys, how you doing? Hey, good, Ryan. How are you? Yeah, we got you there. Good deal. Uh, cool. How's it back in Missoula? I'm jealous. I'm, I wish I was home. You know, right about now, I I truly believe that statement. You know, this is like kind of the time <laughs> where we found ourselves in the sweet spot, right in Montana, and things are going pretty well, I guess, as well as could be expected here, right about now. Yeah, I'd take even being back in Haver, Montana, my hometown right about this point, rather than being stuck in my apartment here in Tacoma. But, yeah, it's good that I'm happy that everything's going well back there. and You know, they're getting to phase two, so I might even be able to sneak back and see my parents for a little bit. But, yeah, it's been a little different out here. I'm I'm not used to being home for the entire month of April and May, that's for sure. No doubt. Uh, a guy could pick up some bad habits. Hey, maybe a guy could pick up some good habits being home for that <laughs> long, you know. But uh, we we trust that you've used your time wisely. And let's talk a little bit of baseball, shall we? I know that you've been paying very close attention both to the macro level, Major League Baseball level of this, and then, of course, to the Seattle Mariners more specifically. But where are we at in terms – I know there was a 67-page uh, proposal that was offered by the league to the players, and now there's been a response to that, and there's this back and forth. I know that a lot of this is financial ultimately, but at least for right now, it seems like a lot of it has been sort of re- in relation to the to the virus and so on. Where are we at right now with the negotiations broadly about getting to baseball first and foremost? Yeah, it's, it's there. Um, they haven't even really got to the contentious stage. You know, I think – about a week ago, Major League Baseball uh, kind of rubber-stamped a, a proposal that they were sending to the players' union. I, I mean, I they weren't going to – I don't think there was much debate within the, the ownership circle about how they were going to do that, how they wanted to do it. Um, you know, they wanted to, to show a united front anyways. And then, uh, you know, they've, they've had some meetings this week, and, and, and really – Today was the first day that the the union came back with a counter proposal, and all of this is only based on like health and safety, you know, in terms of testing, social distancing, some of the um, the sanitary habits of what they want. You know, if you saw the the 67 page memo that MLB released, and I'm not gonna lie, I didn't read it all. I I, I, I use the Cliff Note version from Jeff Pass and some of the other na- national writers that that have the uh, the patience and the lack of ADD to read something like that because I, I just <laughs> right. couldn't make it through it. I mean, honestly. Um, but, you know, it, that one was weird because it was so over the top. Things like no spitting, no sunflower seeds, no showering in the clubhouse, six feet between every locker. I mean, I think they went to the extreme on that so they because they knew they were going to have to bargain with it. Uh, and then today the players sent back some stuff, too, uh, about their counterproposal with more testing, things of that nature. And, and I think that part, I think, is pretty, pretty easily worked out 
as long as they have some access to the PPE equipment and the testing. I think the, the health aspect, they can, they can work out, which should be the most important if you're talking about safety. But I think we all know, based on what's been going on, that when they get to the money aspect of this, that that's when it's really going to get heated. And, you know, we've seen it already. The owners have leaked a lot of stuff to the national writers about the plan and the, the finances that they want to do. And we've seen some of the players react in, in good ways and not so good ways like Blake Snell. And, and that's where the big rub will be, and that will be the biggest holdup. The players expect to get a prorated, um, prorated, prorated pay per game for their normal salaries, which is agreed upon in March, and the owners want to do more of a revenue sharing, which basically creates a salary cap similar to football and basketball. MLB has never had a salary cap per se. They've had a luxury tax, but they've never had a salary cap. And I think the players believe if they were to agree to this now, even for one year, it would lead to the, the owners asking for a salary cap in the future. Let me ask you this in relation to perception on that very point, because it seems to me that the players have quite a leg to stand on, if not two within that, where they feel like this is being used in an underhanded way to sort of smuggle in a deal that the owners have wanted for a long time, and now this is the auspices under which they could use to try and push for that. And the players are saying, no, 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 we're not doing this. In fact, we've already agreed to something in March here. And yet, what I'm hearing is that the belief is that the majority of fans will lay this at the feet of the players rather than the owners, where I personally would go the exact opposite direction. Where are you personally on this in terms of if there is blame to be had, who who gets it? And also, where are the fans really on this? Would they really still be uh, you know, upset with the players more than the ownership for that if that was to happen? Yeah, you know, you, you kind of laid it out, but you're correct on a lot of the things. Like, I do think that the owners want a salary cap, and, and maybe in the back of their mind, they're like, let's, let's take advantage of the situation, knowing that the collective bargaining agreement comes up after the 2021 season. So, you know, if they can get this in, and then maybe, you know, they can use the extenuating circumstances to push an agenda down the road that they've always wanted. That's the whole impetus of the, the 94 strike is that they wanted to put in revenue sharing and a salary cap and the players, you know, went on strike. Uh, and you're right with the players in the sense that, you know, they feel like the owners of Welch, not that are on a deal. Like they, they had a written deal in place and the owners have said, well, there was the caveat. If there are no fans, we could readjust because, you know, they felt like that they said that if there, there were no fans going to be allowed in the games and they want to be able to readjust and there won't be fans. Um, it is interesting psychology in all of this. Most fans, for some reason, will go against the players. Uh, and it's odd because it's like, you know, it's like, do you go against your boss or your coworker? You know, a lot of the times it's kind of weird in that regard. Cause I, I know that while these players make millions of dollars, these own these owners make billions of dollars. So they're, they're taking the billionaire side, but I think there is, I wouldn't call it jealousy, but envy in the sense that these are baseball players and so many people look at them as, as like idols, that they get to do something that they've always wanted to do and they never could do it. They didn't have the talent. And so the concept of them, you know, putting money first over something that, you know, everybody else thinks that they would do for free, there isn't like an inherent jealousy almost. And you see it so often that they, that, you know, the backlash is always against the players. And, you know, really, if you think about it, the owners, you know, the owners control so much more of all the things that people get angry about in baseball, like 
uh, I don't know, beer prices, ticket prices, not being able to watch the, you know, not being able to watch the game live streaming in a blackout area. All these things that really bother uh, fans about the game aren't because of the players, but because of the owners and their quest to make even more money. I mean, it was a 10 points, you know, if you believe it, Major League Baseball made $10.7 billion last year. You know, that's an inordinate amount of money. And, yes, they have some of the highest-paid players with guaranteed contracts, but, you know, that's what you're going there to see. I mean, you know, I'm a diehard Grizz fan, and I love the laundry. You know what I mean? I love the Grizz because that's where I went. That was my alma mater, and and I'm going to love them regardless of who the, the players are. But, like, with pro sports, the players matter. You know, the Mariners have been trending up and quote over two million in attendance every year for the last eight years until last season when they put out when they announced they were rebuilding, they put out a totally crappy product on the field with a bunch of no name players and then, you know, their their attendance went down by forty or fifty million. So I mean again, while you know, fans look at the players as being greedy, the owners you know, the owners also have a level of greed because you don't reach that level of money to be an owner without being pretty, you know, pretty motivated to make money in all facets. So it is a weird psychology in all of this, and, and I don't understand it, but I see it all the time on Twitter. Coulter, during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf, and nobody better than Western Birch to get your round started right. That's right, golf's been definitely one of my favorite pastimes during quarantine times. And it's recently landed my new Western Birch customized golf tees. Go check out Western Birch golf tees at westernbirch.com. These classy golf tees are made of 100% white birch hardwood and printed with high-quality color right here in the United States. A company founded right here in Montana. These durable wood golf tees, perfect way for you to market your business. Just think, anytime you break a tee, your brand is sitting on the tee box forever. You can hand them out to your clients, your buddies, your golf partners, whoever. Great way to earn top-of-mind awareness while also playing a sport we all love. Again, you can check out all the cool designs online at westernbirch.com. Add your logo on a 1,000 of any of their tees for $150 delivered to your door. Give them to clients, friends, watch them get impressed by the quality of the look of a simple golf tee and by your creativity. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they are talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com. Ryan, hey, Coulter Nuanas, thanks so much for joining us. In your mind, what will be the biggest obstacles of baseball coming back? And in your opinion, do you think we will have Major League Baseball this summer? Yeah, I, I think the money and just the agreeing on it will be the biggest obstacle. I mean, I, I don't know how much the owners truly believe that they would get a 50-50 revenue share. Maybe they have to say that they'll prorate the salaries at 90% or 85% of the overall salary if, they, if they're trying to do it. I think that starting with the 50-50 revenue share split, which hasn't even been discussed yet, I think that they threw that out there first uh, as kind of their their – you know, their low ball offer in hopes that maybe, you know, you can work from there. I mean, it's, I guess like if you go and buy a car or something like that, you, you don't go in and say, yeah, I'm willing to spend, you know, 40 grand. You go in and say, look, here's what I'm willing to spend. And you go from there. And so I think that's the bargaining aspect of it. I think the money will be the biggest holdup. You know, obviously the, the unpredictability of what we're seeing with these tests and, and some of these places could factor into it. But I do think the money will be the biggest holdup. And I do, 
I think they'll be like we all were in school where they're going to wait till the very last minute to get it decided and, you know, cram it in at the, you know, and procrastinate. I wouldn't say procrastinate, but it won't get done until the very end when the deadline is there for them to get it done. And I think we'll see baseball. I think there's too much money on the table, particularly with the postseason. And if they're going to expand the postseason, all the money they can make off of postseason ratings. And also, like, if they somehow screw this up, and they're both more than capable of doing that based on past history, it could do irreparable damage to the game of baseball. I mean, like, you're the only show in town right now. Figure out a way to get it working because you can finally grow the game. You don't have the NBA. You don't have the NFL. You don't have college football. You would be the only game in town, for the love of God. People are watching, you know, made-up skins games, Korean baseball, and pro athletes playing video games. It's not difficult to figure out. You know, get it done. And that's another thing. I, I think I think nine-tenths of the players want to get it done. You know, we've heard from Mike Trout and Clayton Kershaw. They're the haves. There's a lot of have-nots. For all the people that say that baseball players are millionaires, you know, there's 1,500 or there's 1,200 players in the union, and probably 60% or more are making the minimum, and they are not making big money, and not playing and not playing it for an entire year would crush them financially. And, you know, people live to their means, and these guys have a lot of expenses, and, you know, I think most of them would agree to, to make some concessions to get back on the field get paid and also further their careers. I mean, you look at the Mariners, they got a ton of young guys that are trying to prove themselves. They can't do that sitting at home. This is a little bit separate from the situation we're going through now, but I want to get your perspective in terms of the Seattle Mariners specifically. The the proposed salary cap. The Mariners, I think this last year, 22nd or 23rd in Major League Baseball and payroll, they've never been a team that spent an outrageous amount of money Nowhere close to teams like you know the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Astros, the Cubs. Where's Seattle fit into that though? I mean, I guess we, if there was a proposed salary cap, what's the number and what does the Mariners side of this think about that? Do they think it's going to even the playing field? Do they like it or where? where what does Seattle think of all of this? So like the, you know the Mariners for a while were top ten spending. They were never in the upper echelon of the Yankees, Red Sox, or Dodgers and Cubs who are just like next level. But they were in that next tier. I mean, you know, when you had, when they had Cano and Cruz and Felix and even Iwakuma, you know, they had $250 million committed, you know, to these guys over their contracts. And, you know, Robbie Cano made $240 million, you know, guaranteed deal. So they were, they were upper echelon. And then when they went into this rebuild mode, they just started getting the roster and trying to dump you know, guaranteed contracts. I think Kyle Seeger's the highest-paid guy now, or, or D. Gordon, they're the two highest-paid guys. But, yeah, they, they were lowering their, their salary cap, or they were lowering their payroll significantly because, you know, they're trying to rebuild, so why pay these older guys and pay these younger guys with the idea that they could go back up into that top-ten spending group, you know, maybe next year go make a run at Trevor Bauer or make a run, you know, at some of these free agent pitchers or a position player to supplement all these young prospects that they're playing now. And what's happened is, is you don't know what kind of financial dealings you're going to get this year and even into next year uh, and how might that affect it. So maybe you don't have as much of a payroll budget. you know. And the, the salary cap, I mean, it's largely going to be based on what they can make in 2020 off of TV revenues and stuff like that. And, you know, there's even questions on how that's going to be calculated. And so, you know, I don't know where they'd be at. They'd be under it, my guess, is because they don't have very many guaranteed contracts. They have a ton of young kids that are making the minimum. But what is going to hurt them is if down the road, when they do get in the position where you, you want to add that free agent guy to, like, finalize your roster 
fill out your lineup, they might not have the money, or if there's a cap issue, they you know they would have to do that. So I think they're going to try and avoid the salary cap. All teams will, but the Mariners, they're in a pretty decent position right now. But you know all their plans about rebuilding and trying to get these young players to grow and, and everything like that, it's on hold. And if there is no minor league season, which is possible, that really hurts them as well. Ryan Divish joining us. He's a beat writer of the Seattle Mariners for the Seattle Times. Uh, and, yes, notable University of Montana alum from the James School. Shout, uh, J School, shout-out to the Grizzlies. Uh, at Ryan Divish on Twitter. Uh, Ryan, continuing with the Mariners here, though, this is a team that hit a high watermark of almost the postseason recently and then decided to rebuild, finished last in the division last year. Didn't hasn't done much in the offseason this season in terms of moves and, and, and so on. What is the plan for the Mariners? Like where are they? Is it just a bu- another big tryout of a bunch of young guys and then we'll see where we're where we're at? I mean, it feels like there's the the, the inaction could be a bit of a consternation to Mariners fans. Yeah, they, they, you know, there have been cries. You know, back back in the day, it was always fire everyone. Now everybody is like, tear it down and start over. And then you try and tell fans, okay, if they do that, there's going to be some painful years. So everybody was happy that the Mariners tore it down, you know, because Cano was getting older and Cruz was a free agent and Felix was kind of done. And then so they start tearing it down. And then you have to watch the product on the field. And, like, fans are like, well, I didn't sign up for this. Well, like, what did you think was going to happen? Right. Um, so this year they didn't spend a whole lot. They were trying to reduce their payroll. You know, and, and really their plan was to play all these young prospects. They they acquired a lot of pretty good prospects in these in these trades. They got rid of Paxton, Zanino, uh, Cano, brought in some guys, and their farm system went from kind of middle of the road, middle of the road to top five, to top ten. And so the plan was to play all these young kids this year, get them 100 and 50 games of big league experience and see where they're at while some of the other younger prospects would move up the ranks, get to the big leagues maybe for a month or two, and then they could kind of reestablish or reevaluate where they're at in this rebuild process. Like, are they two years away? Are they a year away? And are some of these guys that good? But they're not going to be able to really ascertain whether they are good. I mean, they might get 80 games. That's really not a full season. Uh, And so I I think fans, the fans want to believe that all these young prospects are good. And they have some some real studs according to the rankings and stuff. But again, they're prospects, and so many of them flame out, and more than Mariners fair share have done that. So it, it's kind of a weird thing. I think fans are optimistic, but they're also like they understand the reasoning behind all this. But again, it's totally fair to wonder that is Jerry Depoto, their general manager, and Scott Service, their manager, the right people to be running this rebuild? I think the the plan to tear it all down and rebuild considering how old they were and how bloated they were with payroll, was smart. And so far, the things that they've done seem to be okay. But, um, you know, they're still a long ways away from being a team that's going to compete for the playoffs or the division. But, again, maybe you, know, you never know in an 80-game sprint, maybe something happens and they get good. But I, I was expecting them to lose 100 games this year. Ryan, last question for you here. 
this is a very broad question because I'm just trying to understand this. Here in about three weeks, I think we're having the MLB draft, and it is going to be five rounds when it is normally, if I'm right, is it 368 <laughs> rounds is the normal MLB draft? Uh, something like uh, that. If, it had been that many, if there had been that many picks, I might have got picked out of high school. Or college, <laughs> yeah, maybe so, right? So Yeah, no, there's, 40 ra- there's usually 40 rounds. So 40 rounds reduced to five, and this is a cost-saving measure from MLB baseball and okay that that's fine but you have all of these minor league rosters to fill if if each team is only guaranteed five picks it seems like free agents all of a sudden are going to have some autonomy in where they choose to go and there's a bunch of players it seems to me that would love to play in new york or chicago or la and not for the marlins or the rays or i don't know about the mariners where are we at in the equity of this when we get through you know a, a few hundred, several hundred players, maybe a, f- a couple thousand players that weren't picked in a draft that that kind of get to pick whether they're going to sign with Team A or Team B. Yeah, I think it's colossally short-sighted by the owners, and, and they presented a united front, like I said, with the other thing about this drafting. When really, I know that the Mariners were furious about the situation and limiting mm-hmm. it to five because the Mariners have the sixth overall pick. So you're picking in the sixth pick of every round, and the Mariners have, have been very creative in using that amount, of, you know, your limitations within the draft to overpay for some high school kids, buy them out of their college commitment, and, and, and put them in their system. Uh, and so to only go five rounds, that, you know, that cost um, the Mariners a, a fair amount of, of player capital, of good player capital. You know, you think Paul Goldsmith was a 13th round pick. Right, I believe, or tenth round pick. You know that there are good players in these later rounds, and and you're right in the sense that kind of the you know the leveling of the playing field for all these teams that don't have great reputations is ruined. You know, you're talking about a twenty thousand dollars signing bonus for a non drafted free agent. Well, then they can kind of pick and choose where they want to go. If you're only getting twenty grand, I mean, a lot of them will go back to school. Um, but the, and the 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 plan is is. Uh, that the draft will be reduced to 25 rounds or 20 rounds in the future in the next CBA. What's crazy is, like, if they would only went 10 rounds, which what the GMs were understood that they, you know, they felt like 10 rounds or 12 rounds would have been fair given the circumstances. If they would have went 10 or 12 rounds, it would have only cost the teams this year an extra million dollars total in signing bonus money to go and take, you know, a few more picks to get player capital. But... You know, and this is the bad thing. Rob Manfred's going to use this situation just as much to to push through his plan to cut 40, 40 teams out of the minor leagues system, if not more. And then his then teams can say, well, we don't need to draft as many players because we have less affiliates, and we don't want to have them all in Arizona just working out and not playing games. I mean, like honestly, I I'm very afraid for the Pioneer League right now and and what's going to happen to it because I think this this season and not having a minor league season, which is very possible or a minor league season in the truest sense, I think that is going to help them or allow MLB to cut these teams, regardless of what Congress or all these other, all these other people do, no matter how they push, no matter how much backlash they've gotten from fans, Rob Manfred, for some reason wants to do this. And I think it's going to happen. Brian, we, we appreciate all of this. There's a little bit of sunshine. There's a few clouds as well, but this has been a great conversation. We really appreciate it. And as we get going and hopefully back to baseball, we hope to catch up with you again soon, okay? We appreciate you very much your time. 
Yeah, call me anytime. Thanks, guys. You got it. Ryan Divish, beat writer for the Seattle Mariners, writes for the Seattle Times, at Ryan Divish on Twitter. Nice to be able to get your own name as your handle. You know what I mean? I couldn't even get Ryan Tutel. I had to go with Gus, which is fine. It's also my name. There's another one of you? There is in Australia. Mm. It's very disappointing. No, there's none more of me. Dude doesn't even use Twitter. Bro, give it up. Let me have my handle back. AJ Forbes, Grizz Transfer next. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. great to be with all of you. I got big plans. Coulter's just hoping that these rideshare programs are in place. He's got no wheels. He needs a Uber more than anybody. I wish you the best, my friend. How much is an Uber to Canada? A couple hundred? Why do I want to go to Canada? I mean, I don't know. So I get to stay? No, I mean, it's just like a thing. Well, sure, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not suggesting that you go away. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I mean, he I, is. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna he's steal, all hopped up on that Lotus T, dude. I'm steal Tommy's zip drive. Then I'm going to go on a cross-country road trip. <laughs> steal his zip drive. Because I'm going to go on a cross-country road trip, and I'm going to do two-tail nuances. You guys are never going to know where I'm at. Oh, It'll man. just be a spontaneous update. Now, do you know what this sounds o'clock. like to me, Coulter? Uh, it sounds like you're coming. It sounds like the winds of change are blowing. That's oh, right. That's gracious. right. Yep, I'm having a midlife crisis. It's no secret, and uh, here we are. <laughs> no I will tell you this: you I'm, and I, I both Ryan know. and I are going to both start wearing earrings. We were at least going to bring back the earrings on Two Tail Nuanas. Don't bring back and the earrings. Th- until Tina told Ryan that he would look like Joe Exotic <laughs> if he wore. <laughs> she told me, my wife told me if I put an earring in, I would clearly be trying too hard. I'm too old for that and the only image you will have of me is Joe Exotic. She is on point with now, that comment. I, I mean, I just think we could just divert. Do you have your ears pierced, Tommy? Uh, I did once. My my uh, left ear, yeah. But if you did once, then you do, you right? Do. Yeah, so yeah. Th- okay. That's a facade, by the way, that they close up. They don't. I have not put an well, earring. Well, it just depends. I haven't put an earring in in eight years, and I was trying some on the other day. First of all, damn, I look pretty. Second of all, <laughs> it, just, it slipped right in. It was money. Uh, Let's find out some information from our guest. A.J. Forbes is with us. He uh, joins us on the Rangers Brothers RV Hotline. He is a transfer from Nebraska. He's a Cornhusker who's going to be a Grizzly. He's got three years of eligibility left. A.J., do you have your ears pierced? That's what we want to know here. That is an absolute no. 
Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I'm not surprised You're going to fit that right in, in okay? Because if you had your ears pierced, it would be a major downgrade from what I understand, given the perception that we have of Bobby Houck. I don't think he would fancy us very much with the earrings <laughs> in, but we don't play for him, so we could do whatever we want. AJ, appreciate you being on with us, man. Thanks for being here. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your about your path. You're from Bellevue, Nebraska, and so you're an in-state guy there with the Cornhuskers. You walk on uh, with Scott Frost for, for you know your redshirt year and your redshirt freshman year. What was it like for you to, to, to have an opportunity to just experience being on the team? I know you traveled with the team last season on the travel roster as well to be uh, you know an, an offensive lineman on a Big Ten roster like that with the Cornhuskers. Yeah, you know what, man? You know, growing up in in Nebraska, uh, it's always every little kid's dream in Nebraska to be a Cornhusker, right? And so, get, when I received that opportunity to be a part of the, of the Nebraska football team as a as a preferred walk on, uh, you know, I, I took it, and, you know. And so, um, being able to be there with, with 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 a Power Five program, being with Power Five athletes, it, it really showed me uh, what it takes to be uh, a, a Division One athlete and a Division One offensive lineman. How much do you think that accelerated your development? And Coulter Nuanas, by the way, AJ, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, thanks for getting back to me so quickly. But how much do you think that accelerated your development, just being entrenched in a you know, Big Ten weight training program, practicing against Big Ten defensive linemen every day? How much did that help you improve? Yeah, Um you know, kind of starting with Coach Zach Duvall. He's the head strength coach at the University of Nebraska. Uh, being around him, you know, especially in my in my true freshman season, you know, he accelerated my ability in the weight room and from a from a speed and agility aspect tremendously. You know, I was coming in. I, I had actually been working out with his his brother, uh, Gibby Duvall. Uh, over at over at uh, Explosive Edge in Elkhorn, you know, shout out Gibby. Uh, but um, being with him, you know, he's a guy that loves to bend the bar with weights. He just likes to, you know, he, you know, we'd be it'd be a heavy squat day, and it he just keeps adding weights, and your legs just feel dog tired, and he just keeps adding on weights, and you keep moving it, you know, and then and then he takes us out to the to the practice field and and he go and he puts us through a bunch of drills you know cone drills uh speed and agility stuff being around him and being in that strength program for two years has helped me tremendously and then obviously going up against you know guys like you know the 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 davis twins uh carlos and khalil who just you know who just got drafted uh this past month and then you know going up against darian daniels who got picked up uh mo berry you know, just these guys like them going going up against them every day, you know, has has really made me into the offensive lineman that I am today. AJ Forbes joining us, transfer from Nebraska, going to be Montana Grizzly this forthcoming football season. And AJ, you you enter the transfer portal and and you know saying like you know that you are it's great to be able to live the dream of having been you know with the Nebraska Cornhuskers, but now want to go to a place where it felt like you could really contribute and make a difference on the football field. And you had a ton of offers when you went into that that transfer portal. What was it about Montana that kind of stood out to you, and what was your history, if there was a history, with the Grizzlies prior to this two weeks? Yeah, you know, going going back to what you said about me getting those you know, all those offers when I entered the transfer portal within like two days of me dropping my name in the portal, I had probably eleven offers. 
and it was ridiculous because I was on the phone for probably from like nine. I was like waking up to calls from like eight thirty in the morning all the way to like ten at night. Oh, that's egregious! Like, eight thirty in the morning. Don't you? They, don't they know, man? You got to get your rest, dude. You got to. You got to. <laughs> how can we do eight thirty a.m. Guys, give them a relax in a little bit. <laughs> I know, and, and it's funny because, you know, I, I wanted to get a workout in. You know, at some point during the right. day, I was like, man, I, I was like, I, I got to wake up at like 6 in the morning to get something done before I get on the phone for the rest <laughs> right. of the day. And so, you know, I was on those, you know, I was on those phone calls from, you know, for however many days it was that I was in the portal, and, and I, I made some really good relationships with those guys, but... um Coach Germer had called me probably, God, I think it was maybe five five days before, five or six days before I committed. Um, had a really good conversation with him. Uh, you know, he, he he actually offered me while I was doing a workout, which was awesome. Uh, but you know, I knew that Montana was a was a perennial was a perennially good football program uh, in high school. You know, kind of looking at different options for me uh, to kind of play college ball somewhere, uh, kind of looking at the FCS ranks. You know, I knew Montana was really good. They actually recruited me out of high school. Um, then, uh, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> it's funny because, you know, I got on a, uh, on a, on a Zoom meeting with them, uh, with the offensive staff, and I kind of gave uh, the, the recruiting coordinator, uh, Justin Green, the, some, some crap about, you know, hey, you know, you recruit me out of high school, and and now you want me. So, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, uh, I knew that. Uh, the, that so that's kind of the history that I have with them. And uh, after I got on the phone with them while I was in the portal, you know, I, I loved them ever since. What are your expectations for yourself coming into this program? Uh, are you uh, you're a center, right? So I mean, do you, do you hope to compete for a spot right away? And what do you think that transition will be like coming to play at the Big Sky Conference level? Yeah. Um, uh, I'm, I'm coming in, competing for the center spot. Uh, that's that's kind of what I was uh, while I was at the University of Nebraska. Uh, I am planning on competing at that spot uh, at a high level. You know, I'm coming in. You know, I'm ready to work, man. It's been a long time since I've been uh, playing 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 a football game. So uh, I'm 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 actually heading out there, heading up to Missoula uh, this weekend. You know, because you know, I'm, I'm I want to be able to to get with the coaches, get with the team uh, as, as soon as possible, and be able to put my best foot forward. Aside from the football side of this, I mean, you're from Nebraska. You've been playing at Nebraska. What do you think it's going to be like to be in Missoula, Montana, kind of a different place, different part of the country, uh, in uh, in you know, in the north and a Canadian bordering state and all that? Yeah, you know what. Um, I think, you know, from, from what I've heard from the coaches, I guess there's a lot of parallels between, you know, in terms of the people, there's a lot of parallels between you know, those who live in Montana and those who live in Nebraska, right? Especially from the aspect of loving football. Because I, I know you guys love football up there. And so I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about that. Uh, I think, you know, from uh, I, again, from what I've heard from the coaches, I think that uh, the people are going to be awesome. Uh, on social media already, they've been congratulating me on on the commitment, and and they've been opening their arms to me and and saying how excited they are to have me in Missoula, and 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 that makes that transition a lot easier. 
squash, badminton, football. Those That's the order, top three. So that's a high <laughs> ranking for football. You know what I mean? In terms of the love of it, there's no question about it. Well, AJ, man, we appreciate you being here. We appreciate you being with us. We're looking forward to, uh, first of all, we're looking forward to sports in general. We're looking forward to football and, and, and optimistic, hopefully, that we can have it and, uh, and look forward to seeing you here and competing for a spot on the football team. Thanks so much for being with us. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You Go got good. it. AJ Forbes transfer for the University of Montana Grizzlies and Colton we talked about this a little bit the other day but I think apropos again you know coming in competing for a center spot we know Cy Sermon you know was great for the Grizzlies in that role this past season uh, but they continue to try and fortify and and bolster both in terms of of starting talent and depth at the offensive line spot it's been uh, maybe thing number one on Bobby Houck's list uh, since he took the program back over to now uh, heading into year three years ago uh, but this is you know a, a, a significant get for the Grizzlies it seems like and a guy who's going to be uh, a major contributor if not just an outright starter for this football team adding more players that have a chance to be elite up front it just gives you so many different it improves your, your team so much mm-hmm. but Montana last year their offensive line was better than it was in Bobby Hawk's first season to be certain right I think that they actually did a really good job down the stretch considering Dalton Sneed's injury that really hindered his mobility Marcus Knight broke the school record for touchdowns in a single season by uh, uh, rushing touchdowns in a single season and total touchdowns in a single season. But a lot of those he was hawking off of uh, after long drives and stuff like that. It wasn't a ton of long breakaway runs or anything like that. You give him credit for, for doing it, but he was just kind of the finisher for a really prolific offense. But when you look at Montana's numbers, they actually rushed for less yards per game in 2019 than they did in 2018. Part of that was Snead being hurt. But Montana didn't average four yards a carry last year. If the Grizz could even just add half a yard per carry or a yard per carry, you know, get her up around that five. They were at 3.8 and change last year. Get her up around 4.8 and change or five yards per carry. Now you're talking an even more prevalent offense. I mean, I think Montana was not only far and away the top team in the league in terms of first downs per game, and I think they were second in the league in third down percentage, but their first downs per game, I mean, they were getting 23, 24 first downs a game, which was top 10 nationally. Even an extra yard, though, it makes that third and six into a third and four. Let me so add. much easier to convert. And the interior guys are the ones that are going to make that happen. And so I think this is a great addition because that's where they needed to solidify the offensive line. Let me ask you a, a question. There's two ways that you can have an additional half yard per carry over the course of the season. You can do it because you rush for a half a yard more every time you touch the ball, roughly speaking. Sure. Or you can do it because you have two more explosive runs in a game that right. you didn't have before. Well, that's where the Cats and, are at, right? I mean, the Cats averaged over six yards per carry last year, but it's be, because and they're a ground and pound. 30, 40, 50 they're a yard. ground and pound offense, but yeah. then they run that gap scheme, and then boom. Right. And, and I mean, that's the irony too, because teams loaded the box so much because they didn't think Tucker Rovin could throw it. It's like Jeff Cho said on this show uh, last week. Isaiah Fonse, even though he doesn't have breakaway speed, had a ton of breakaway runs because you load the box, you break the first level, you're gone. So my question though is this: What do the Grizzlies want? Obviously, you take both, but. Is it better for Montana to just have more consistency in terms of, you know, bigger pickups four and five yards as opposed to two and three yard runs? Or is it, hey, you know, you're going to get two yards here, you're going to get three yards there, but what we need is once a half a 25-yard gain on the ground that we – more, an additional 25-yard gain on the ground that we weren't experiencing before. What are they looking for? 
Well, I still think that the one of their biggest weaknesses offensively is converting short yardage situations. Mm-hmm. And again, this all comes with a caveat because the entire offense was built around Dalton Steen. And when you take away his ability to run, it hinders half of what you can do Absolutely. offensively. Yes. And they couldn't run the zone read stuff really last year because they didn't want Sneed to get hurt. They didn't want him to have to make the decision. And as we know, Dalton Steen's so competitive, he would have made the decision to pull often and then would have been in the line of fire. So, uh, but they, Montana needs to be able to get to the position where when they're in third and two, they can just run straight inside zone, blast you off the ball and get the first down. That's yeah. their biggest weakness still, and I think if they can improve that, it just makes them that much more deadly. Yeah. Montana is going to be able to manufacture enormous plays in the pass game because they have so many talented pass catchers, not just receivers, but tight ends too. For sure. So, you know, I mean, Marcus Knight breaking one off every once in a while is is all good. I mean, that's that's all fine and dandy, but I think that it's the short yardage that they really need to work on. And that's another reason why, you know, getting a big hog ball like A.J. Forbes, I think that really helps you. I mean, you talk about now the interior of the, of the offensive line. Watching the tape I've watched on Forbes, I think he's going to translate to this level really, really well. Obviously, his tape's from high school, but I think he would have been a really, I mean, he would have been a prized FCS-type recruit coming out of high school if he would have gone to this level initially. But then, like he talked about there, a Big Ten weight training program, a Big Ten training table for two years, that can do nothing but help you. And then going against NFL guys, I mean, Nebraska, although they've been down, they've produced as many interior defensive linemen. That's what they've always done, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, their last the la- this last couple of years, I think they've had five interior defensive linemen drafted. That's the guys A.J. Forbes has been going against. So it'll be a good transition for him. It's a great addition for Montana. It's Tutel Nuanas. It's a Memorial Day weekend. We wrap up the week with you next. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Hi, how are you? Happy Memorial Day weekend, boys and girls. And uh, take a moment to say thanks to all our servicemen and women and uh, everything that they have done and continue to do. Uh, we appreciate each of you very much, uh, particularly now. We. Uh, are available whenever you would like us to tell Nuanas. The podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. Rate, review, subscribe. We appreciate that. The podcast is available thanks to Blackfoot and Alpine Touch. Thanks to them for that. Boys and girls, the weekend is here, and I'm so pumped to get out in the yard and pick up all of that dog poop. You know what I'm saying? Uh, no, not exactly. No one says that. Well, if the accumulation of dog waste that you have is you feeling down in the dumps, call Montana Pooper Scoopers. That's right. Montana Pooper Scoopers offers one-time and weekly dog waste removal that services for business and for families at a price anyone can afford. Whether you've got three Great Danes or just one Chihuahua, Montana Pooper Scoopers is up for the job. Put down the bag and visit MontanaPooperScoopers.com and enjoy your extra free time. Right now, mention this ad and you get an extra $25 off your initial services. That is a uh, solid deal. It's not how you want to spend your weekend. Go to MontanaPooperScoopers.com. Coulter, it is the weekend. It is a three-day weekend 
Uh, I have uh, no plans whatsoever, but my options are endless. You have tons of plans and can do none of them because you can't drive anywhere. So you are stuck on an island. Uh, and don't call me. I'm going to be very busy. Uh, I'm good. I think I have to uh, mow my lawn. I have to attempt to install a light fixture. By the way, uh, consequently, this might be my last show. Me and electricity, not a not an ideal combination. Just so you know, if if, if Tuesday rolls around and I am not around. You'll know why. It's because I'm still trying to just just overcome the electric shock because I pushed off the wrong breaker and then tried to screw in a light bulb this weekend. The last um, day of your life is supposed to be the Ridge Gives the Machine concert. You no, gotta, no, 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 no. you got to at least make it to the it, end. It ain't going to be that kind of deal. I'm not talking about like an end the end. I'm just talking about like a, you know, a, a suspended animation sort of situation. Uh, by the way, we want to tell everybody to Tuesday. We are beginning in earnest Tuesday when we come back. Our big giveaway to the Coeur d'Alene Golf Resort. Here's what we're going to have you do. It's going to be great. We're going to have you text in. Text in. We'll give you the phone number on Tuesday so everybody's on the same page. Your best golf pictures. Now, this is such a broad thing, right? It can be you on a golf course. It can be you in your house breaking a window with a golf ball on accident. Maybe you went to a golf tournament and you got a picture. Maybe you got a picture with a golf figure or something along these lines. Anything like that. But we're going to take your pictures by text because, listen, we're in Montana. Nobody, including myself, Twitter, we're really Instagram, we're going to make people do this? No, just text it in. It'll be very simple, and we will send you and a friend on an overnight to the Coeur d'Alene Golf Resort Hotel and for a round at the Coeur d'Alene Golf Resort Golf Course. So we're going to do that once again this year. We're excited about it. We will start it on Tuesday. Coulter, if you need a ride this weekend, just call me. Okay, I'm Thanks. here for you. You know, God bless you. Boys and girls, have a great weekend. We'll see you Tuesday. It's 2 Tell Nuanas ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 